Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. Greetings and salutations, gentle listeners of the Kaiju Cast. This is episode 60 of the Kaiju Cast, which is a bi-monthly podcast that's 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. And uh, not only this episode number 60, but it is also the Daikaiju discussion episode for Daimajin, the 1966 film. And we are recording this June 2012. And when I say we, that's because I have with me Jeff. Say hello. Hello. And Mr. Martin Vavra. Hey, glad to be back. Yeah, good to have you back, man. It's been a while since you've been on a full-blown episode here. And uh, normally what we do is we actually kind of edit in the Daikaiju discussion stuff uh, within another recording session. But uh, time is short for me and the Kaiju cast this month because I have another trip planned this weekend. So we're just going to wing it here and we're going we're gonna to do a little bit of stuff here at the beginning and uh, literally walk away, record, uh, watch the movie, and and come back and talk about it. So, speaking of all that stuff, I just uh, took a trip to the Bay to go to uh, Bay Area Film Events, 50th anniversary screening of King Kong vs. Godzilla. They also showed Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack. It was a lot of fun. And um, while I was down there, I got to meet Keith from the... Uh, Big Pimp Jones project guy, and they're the guys that did Kadoja. And we're going to hear one of the tracks off their brand new album, Kadoja Terror Monster Showdown. And this is a, a track called Fight Among the Skyscrapers. Fight 
that we have three minutes. Three minutes? You do what? Pack a bunch of this and get out of here.
And for the music files out there in the audience, uh, once again, I played Kodoja, Terror Mountain Showdown's uh, song called Fight Among the Skyscrapers. That's um, by a guy named Big Pimp Jones and Hot Peas and Butter. And uh, that's just, of course, pseudonyms. I actually met Keith from that from that group this past weekend and, and hung out with him and had a lot of fun. He gave me a promo for their for their stuff. You should go check it out. Their CD is available now. And uh, then we followed that up with Godzilla and the Polluted Ocean by Richiro Manabe and then wrapped it all up with Daimajin's Ferocity by Akira Ifukabe from the title movie Daimajin from 1966, which brings us to our Daikaiju discussion. And it's time for our Daikaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju cast will showcase one particular film from the giant monster landscape and task the listeners with submitting thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following episode. Thanks to an online tool, I've randomly assigned one movie to each month, solidifying that this show will keep going for a long, long time. This month's film, as I said before, is the 1966 Daimajin. It was released in April 17th and, uh, of 1966, and it was directed by Kimiyoshi Yatsuda. And this is the first of three. We've already watched the other two. For some reason, it totally... Uh, I think it pretty much went backwards as far as like which which film came first in the Daikaiju discussion list. And it's finally time to watch the original, the first one. And I'm really excited for it. Uh, all three of these films actually came out in the same year. So they're all pretty much shot back to back. And they were, they were put out by Daie, which is the same company that made the Gamera series. And I'm a big, big fan of them. If you have not seen the films, I highly, highly suggest you do so. And... Uh, uh, we'll get to that in a minute because we're pausing this recording to go watch it right now. And that's how time uh, time travel works, you guys. So Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we just finished watching Daimajin. So uh, again, it, I got Jeff here and uh, Martin, and we just finished watching the film. And I want to know, uh, I want to know your thoughts, Martin. This is now. This is the first of the of the trilogy that you've seen you've never seen any of the Daimajin films before so what are your initial reactions to this yeah that's correct I did not have to watch these out of sequence so now I get to look forward to the next two actually before you jump into your initial thoughts uh uh-huh uh what did you expect coming into this film um I was expecting a not very good, rather cheeseball movie. Um, I, I, I was really expecting some, it, it to not be very good. Okay. Which probably gives you a sign as to what I thought of it, which is I thought it was a pretty darn good movie. Right on. Very cool. So did you, what did you know about the film before you came in? Did you know it was set in you know feudal Japan or it was about... Uh, a giant stone statue that comes to life. Did you know any of that stuff? Uh, a little bit. And, you know, if uh, you remember, I had actually asked you about this one almost four years ago, three and a half years ago, because of the poster. And I just thought it was a really intriguing poster and this giant, what looked like stone statue monster that's making its way. And I, I loved the, the, the tagline of the whole thing about watching this hideous creature destroy the, the, the village from hell. And I was like, what the heck is this thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Great poster. I've got it over here. I should take it. I should post a picture of it online. Cause it's a, uh, it's very, very great poster. Yeah. It's a, it's a great poster, but 
for some reason, I really didn't think it was going to live up to that image. Okay. So you thought it was going to be like a cheesy 70s, 70s film kind of thing, maybe? Well, I did. Um, you know, I didn't expect there to be as much story as there was, which there's a, a really good story to it. And um, and really, I knew nothing about it. I was just having to make some silly assumptions about the whole thing. But I really thought that also with uh, the stone monster that was going to be in there, the Maiji, um, I... I, I thought it was going to be, I, I really thought it was going to be like, hey guys, look, we have a Godzilla movie that we have done in feudal Japan. And it was going to be, you know, watching villages get destroyed for yeah, 70 yeah. minutes. And that's not what happens at all. No, not at all. Not in this one. This is definitely one of those, you got to wait for a long time before the monster shows up. And they and they develop a story to get you to that place. It's It's really worthwhile. It's good. Very cool. And so Jeff, you had seen this before. But uh, how long has it been since you've seen Daimajin? Um, well, we watched it a couple of years ago, like maybe three years ago. Oh, that's right, ago. yeah, at my house, and, yeah. Yeah, my apartment was, back in the day. Yeah, um, about three, four years ago, I think it was. And um, so this was my third time seeing this film. And um, I like it more and more every time I see it. I'm like kind of ashamed of myself I haven't seen the two sequels. Yeah, well, um, because I'm not going to berate you. Yeah, on the but, show, but like, I really want to see the two sequels now. Excellent. Um, I got to say the the two sequels. Just very quickly, I'll, I'll just mention that neither one of the two sequels disappoint, as far as I'm concerned. They're both very good, and they're both. It seems almost like how could you possibly do this story another way? And oh, I have and, a guess. And, and still, they still do it, but they they do it differently. I mean, each story is set set in a different area. And uh, it, they do it. It's it's great. So oh, that ruined my theory. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> my my theory was that the the one other person, the the one innocent person of the village, that guy, he gets killed. And I figured what happened in the sequel is his wife rises up as a feudal lordess somewhere <laughs> to rain down upon all of these people in revenge, and they have to call upon the Majin again. Interesting, but no, that is not what happens. <laughs> the second one. Let's see, just really quickly, the second one uh, for anyone who hasn't been following the daikaiju discussions uh majin is uh is still a stone idol that's being been trapped by by the uh the god and he's sort of on an island in the middle of it i think a, uh, the giant lake and the uh the sort of benevolent lord who occupies the shore of the lake and that sort of area he he gets attacked and then they the bad guys come and they're like, you know, try to destroy the statue. It kind of has, has the same thing going on, but uh, there's some cool elements that are in the that one because they deal with water. And, um, and then the third one actually is the best film I've ever seen made in Japan that has kids as the main sort of like protagonists. Protagonists? The, the heroes of the yeah. film? Yeah. And uh, it's they have to cross the mountain, so it's like they're in a village, sort of safe. And there's a village on the other side of the mountain. Their their parents get kidnapped and are forced to work in these um, sulfur camps. And uh, so they go across the mountain to try and save it. But it's Majin's mountain, and so they have to a- appeal to him. And uh, at one point. It, there's a lot of snow involved and it, you know aside from Gamera 2 it's one of the only and you know it's a slightly son of Godzilla 
it's one of the only it's one of the few Godzilla or monster movies I've seen that have to do have anything to do with snow and there's some pretty cool elements that are generated from that film as well because of the snow mm-hmm. and uh, it's just really cool very very good stuff and uh, like I said they were all released in the same year so they shot back to back and this one came out in April of uh, 66 and obviously the other two were released later that year I think the the final one was December. Nice. But so uh, you, yeah, so we watched that back in my apartment, Jeff, when, before the Daikaiju discussions even started. I think yeah, that was like yeah. maybe right when I started doing the, the Kaiju cast. Yeah, I think it's like within the first few months, actually. So you guys are definitely invited back to watch those sequels anytime you want to want to come over. Because they're pretty rad. back to back? Very uh, similar to how they were released. <laughs> Not not today. Not, <laughs> Next not time. Today. The, the, the other two, sure. Like, Pull an all-nighter. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I've got very little time left, you guys. Uh, so like, let's talk about, Martin, what, is, what are some of the things that you really liked about the film? I, I really enjoyed the fact that they, they did have an interesting story. They had uh, a, a story to it that was well, well worth following. It had a really good payoff in it. And they did a really good job of filming. When it came time to actually get the Majin in those shots, they did some really good tricky stuff. And there were some things where it was obviously that was kind of a big rubber hand that was moving around in there. They did a really good job with that thing. They did a really good job of these shots with, you know, what is a a person in a suit that looks like they're really carrying somebody along there's a flailing bad guy in his hand so there's a lot of a lot of shots they did that were very very well done they were well thought out so some clever cinematography too yeah, absolutely yeah, they sure. did some great stuff in there so it just it was good to watch and it was enjoyable to follow the story yeah so if you guys uh for, for those following along at home Majin probably stands at about 20 to 30 feet tall he is definitely not a gigantic monster like godzilla is and um, uh, Dae actually built a life-size Majin sort of puppet, in a sense. And um, so there's a lot of a lot of scenes in there where you'll see Majin from far away, and the people are reacting directly to the statue in the background or in the foreground sometimes. And uh, I I love that. And I, I you know what one and of the things it moved a little bit it moved, too. It did. It yeah. moved. It had. That's where I called it a puppet. I guess is because like. His head moved. At one point, his arm like pulled down some stuff from a from a turret, and uh, for me, that that really sells it. And um, they they did not rely a lot on on many optical effects in this film. A lot of times, they you know, there's a couple of times where you know he passes his arm over his face, and they had to do something there, or maybe I think one of the other ones was when you know he pegs the bad guy to the board <laughs> and uh that was an optical uh composite shot there but you know it's really quite realistically shot in a sense mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i it, it it the only one that i thought was really questionable is the one with the faint face transition you know that's 1966 that's kind of a tough one to pull off to actually show kind of a transition in and out like that so i i thought they did a really good job with it yeah and i think even in the the succeeding films they tried to improve that method even even more i don't think they ever really nailed it but you know it agreed i agree with you you know they they did sort of a a pretty good job for what they had jeff what are some of the things you like about this film um 
I think this film was just really, really well done. Um, like you said, the cinematography is great. Um, I think the acting is like really, really well well done in the film, especially with our main protagonists. Um, uh, it just it looks great. The soundtrack I think is really, really fantastic. Um, yeah, I just Fukube love a lot. Of, didn't do a lot of uh, if Fukube did this, and he didn't do a lot of Dae films, but this is he did the trilogy for these. Yeah, um, I just love some of the shots too, like the shot of when. Um, you know, he first appears out of the mountain and then he moves. It, it looks really, really well done. Some of the best, I think, effects um, and the, any from any of these kind of kaiju-type films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that it's so damn serious and the end is, like, really dark. I mean, the you know, the, you know when he's tearing apart the village, I mean, they're screaming and yelling and dying and... Uh, and he doesn't care. He doesn't yeah, care that yeah, he's going I mean, to dis- start destroying the villagers. And he's like, yeah. he, he doesn't. It doesn't matter to Majin that he's killed the bad guy. Yeah, and, you know, he's just moving on to the next thing to destroy. Yeah. He's like wrath. He's yeah. And he's getting revenge. Good know. stuff. Ugh, man. I I gotta say one of the things that I I like about this film is again that serious tone. You know, coupled with how how the pacing happens. Like, so, I mean, I'm sort of combining the two things you guys said is like one of my favorite parts of the film. I, I can't find a lot of flaws with this film. There's a couple things that I'll talk about in a minute, but they are so minor. I mean, this is, if you look at the other giant monster films that came out around this time, uh, for Godzilla films, you've got, um, Godzilla versus the sea monster, AKA Ibira horror of the deep, which is, you know, definitely moving to kids' movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was very uh, comical. Yeah, and you know, and for Gamera, they're already in the kids' movie section of that uh, sort of progression section. Anyway, that sort of progression, they're definitely into the kids' movies. I, I want to say Gamera versus Gauss, and then uh, Zegra, not Zegra, Veras, I think, and um, and then even you know other other studios. 1967, I believe, was the same year that Gappa, the Trifibian monster, came out, which is sort of goofy and sort of very much like King Kong versus Godzilla yeah. and Gorgo sort of mixed together. And uh, 1967 also saw The X from Outer Space, which is a completely ridiculous film. I love it to death, but it's ridiculous. And so there's a there's sort of been a big shift from the studios. They're not doing these serious monster movies anymore. And Daimajin is a serious monster movie. Yeah. 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 I mean there's so many like I said just fantastic shots. It almost plays kind of like a horror movie too, you know, kind of like Pumpkinhead. Mm. And, and like the end, you know, like with like it looks like hell has been unleashed. Like with the red sky behind him. Yeah. It's just it's I mean it's I great. think there's too many things to I mean if I if I watched it again, this might actually be a good good uh daikai uh, that kaiju discussion film that's obviously what we're doing now this might be a good commentary film eventually yeah. mm-hmm. uh you know for years down the road <laughs> when, <laughs> when uh we get there but you know i love the the part where the i love the scene where the guys are trying to dismantle the majin statue and yeah. Yeah. hell is unleashed upon them and it's just that's the kind of thing that makes me i mean i want to almost get up and cheer when i see that happening i'm like yeah 
Yeah. Those guys are idiots. Take care of them, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, and it's kind of like Martin said where they, you know, they take the time developing the story and you really, I mean, you hate and despise these bad guys. You're just oh, kinda, yeah. You're just kind of waiting. There's no sympathy like, at all. You're just kind of right. waiting, you know? Um, and when they, uh, oh, another fantastic scene is when the priestess goes, you know, her final warning to him and they, and they, uh, you know, kill her. Just how the lighting changes. Oh yeah, in the scene. it's all like super dark, and they yeah. shoot a lot of it in slow motion too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just great man, stuff. Crazy. I mean, like, like you said, I think there's like, I mean, there's very little in this film I could complain about. Well, let's let's move on to that. How about some complaints? Give me give me some negatives about this because I, I got something I could say, and I like I said, it's nitpicking. It's it's <laughs> yeah, really I, I would have tiny to nitpick. Stuff. Yeah, and it's um, one of the common things that I have seen in this, and this is totally nitpicking. Um, but I noticed that the Foley work is something, there's a lot of times where, you know, sound effects don't line up or there's no sound effect at all in some of those. And it is, it's a total nitpicky thing. You're kidding me, dude. This is exactly what I was going to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to talk about that. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, and it's something that I've noticed before and, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if most people notice it or not. I, it may be if you're a, a person who studies film just enough, you start to really notice that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it might be a, just a limitation of the time. It, it is not ju- well, not just being in 1966, but I I would say that it would be a matter of time and like you know what we got to get this thing out and we got two more to get out this year and our budget's only this much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like I said that was that was going to be my nitpicky thing about it. It's just like uh, you know specifics involved. We're talking about when my I'm talking about when Majin attacks and uh, he finally gets down to the fort and you know at first you hear his footsteps and then all of a sudden you don't hear his footsteps and i don't know i just tiptoeing (laughs) he's shuffling his feet (laughs) that's why you can't hear him but um oh man now i don't even have anything else to say that was going to be my one thing (laughs) yeah and and, you know and another i to go with the time period of being 66 i i mean i'm i'm completely spoiled by the fact that everything that i do is all digital edits and to think that these guys are actually taking physical tape and combining all of these things or doing all of that, I think about all of the layers that go into a sound design mm-hmm. where I, I've had 60 and 70 lines of audio, and I don't even know how you do that in celluloid. <laughs> so yeah. that, I would imagine that's the, the complication because there's a lot of things going on there. And after a while, it's like, man, I'm not putting another hammer sound into this effect. <laughs> imagine like <laughs> going back in time and like talking to the sound designer or whatever his title would actually be in Japan. <laughs> he like just slaps you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, do you see what I'm working with here? I'm working with two reels of magnetic tape. <laughs> he, he takes the pen and actually hammers it into my face forehead right. <laughs> ah, i just love how that's how they decide to take him down yeah <laughs> and when the blood comes down okay so yep, clearly yeah. i'm 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 ready to talk more about what i love about this film yeah, for it's sure. such a great movie and it has like i mean the ending is so satisfying too and and like when he grabs the bad guy and just you know crucifies him basically with the stake that he pulls from his own oh yeah forehead it's oh just, yeah i mean it's so good so, Jeff, you didn't mention anything you didn't like about this film. Anything bug you? Anything at all? You know what? I was you know, I was kind of thinking about that while watching it, and I'm like, I just really, I can't find anything that, you know, I could really nitpick. I mean, granted, like Martin said, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the Foley work and stuff 
could could use some improvement, but it didn't take away from the enjoyment of the film at all mm-hmm. for me. I mean, I'm, I'm just like so engaged in the story that you know you're going to overlook a few, you know, especially a, a film that's you know fifty years old almost. Yeah. So. Oh wow. I mean. Oh like yeah, 40, we're getting up there, huh? Yeah, I mean, got in 2016, it'll be fifty years old. Yeah. <laughs> so. Got to have some sort of party for that. It holds up really well. Oh, man. I think I I really think that one of the reasons it holds up so well is because it's not shot like a typical monster movie. Yeah. And you get, I mean, it's very clear to me that whoever was in charge of composing the shots, you know, what we're talking about, the cinematography in this film, they were treating it like a a historical sort of epic, you know, where, you know, this is not like all about special effects this is more about like the setting and you know mm-hmm. making sure people understand like where what's going on i don't know about you guys i didn't have any trouble understanding who the characters were yeah. i didn't have uh no not at all any trouble understanding like what was going on i just man such a it's a solid solid film and, and, and it, oh go ahead uh, i was just gonna say they they also don't try to lose you in lots of other things it's it you know they really stick to just the the one storyline, the one plot thread that they're trying to go through. There's not a bunch of other things. You know, we do the ten year gap in there where we go forward with the kids and and yeah, they just don't get caught up in a lot of other things. Uh, and, and that makes it really great. It's 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 simple, but it's worth following. It's yeah. it's worth going through it because it is again. It's not really a monster movie, I guess, or a giant monster. It's really a revenge flick with a great payoff. Oh yes, for sure. I guess there is one thing that it doesn't, I wouldn't say it bothers me. It's just, I wish I, I wish there was a little more and this is already a pretty long film and uh, you, you know, you have a very long sort of exposition from the beginning to when the Majin idol comes to life. But there is one thing that I never sort of really uh, fully got. And I would love a little more backstory behind it is that, they're talking Majin from what I can tell is their God is the villagers God and the God trapped an evil spirit. So which, which uh, of those two is actually destroying the the village? Is that the evil spirit being unleashed or is it the God wreaking havoc? Yeah. yeah. Mm? And it's, (laughs) you know, we, we see, we see the little ball of light, mm-hmm. you know, and in the beginning we see the ball of light that's coming in, it's flashing all around. And then we see uh, the Majin, the giant stone character that's there. When that flies away, we see the little ball of light fly away again. And then the stone actually crumbles. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, you know, I kind of wondered if that was something where their God was inhabiting or somehow, you know, kind of piloting the evil thing and running it around. It's interesting to me. <laughs> anyway, uh, unfortunately, in a sense, we only got two. Uh, we're going to do this a little bit differently. We're going to actually read the Daikaiju discussion submissions right now, and then we'll all wrap up with uh, final thoughts on the film. Uh, maybe, potentially, we'll get something else out of, the, uh, out of what other people here have submitted. Uh, but Robert says that this is the first time he's seen Daimajin, and it's very similar in plot structure to the following films, which he watched for the earlier homework assignments. Go, Robert. 
And this is uh, no surprise given the way the sequels usually work. But what Robert found most interesting was the religious subtext which runs through the film, the other Daimajin films, and many other Japanese genre movies. There are many scenes where a scoffing, disbelieving attitude is juxtaposed with holy fear and respect of the supernatural. Take, for instance, the scene where the old woman, Shinobu, goes before Semenosuke, whose name I'm sure I just butchered, and tries to convince uh, him of the danger he is in from the god that is locked in the Daimajin. He tortures and kills the woman as she continues to shout warnings and curses Semenosuke. Mm. and uh, then sets out he sets out to blow up the statue in the end his skepticism and incredulity is greeted by the wrath of the god this theme can be seen in many other films such as Gojira, Varan, GMK and even films like Death Note and Princess Mononoke the best thing about this movie is the fantastic destruction wrought by the Daimajin at the very end of the film especially the eye for an eye justice he delivers to Samanosuke. Robert says this is a totally unsurprising finale, yet completely satisfying in every way. Robin really enjoyed watching Daimajin and expected it to be a long and dull wait for the monster action to happen, but he was proven wrong as the whole samurai theme made it an interesting piece to feast one's eyes on. Everything about the movie looked really great, save for maybe the giant rubber hand making a King Kong grab for the bad guy inside the building towards the end. But aside from that, both costumes, settings, and special effects were beautiful. Majin interacting with his environment and the people around him couldn't have been better, and it was really awesome to watch. He'd definitely show this to someone who is new to kaiju films, and he's really intent on checking out the other two films as well. He would love to have... He would love to see more movies like this one set in a different era that isn't the future or an alien planet watching Godzilla or Gamera stepping on old samurai castles with people, well, people with sticks, catapults, and fireworks try to fend them off, or something Godzilla-esque wreaking havoc in the Wild West, fighting cowboys and whatnot. Uh, And that was Robin. Thank you guys. You guys were the two people who submitted your homework, so well done. Well done. I'm sure we all appreciate that very much. And I, I mean, completely echo the sentiments, especially Robin's at the end there with, you know, I would love to see a Godzilla movie set in feudal Japan. Oh yeah. That would be just Robin. Congratulations on pointing out the old siege weapons. I thought that was great. That was a, that was something I forgot to say. Yeah. It's always, it's always interesting to see how a, you know, something would react to some, a, a time period group would react to something that doesn't belong in that time period. Even, you know, we're talking about giant stone idols coming to life. That doesn't really belong in any time period, but, uh, except the one I live in. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, that was definitely cool to see the giant, the giant hammer, which we will not repeat what I said during the, <laughs> during the movie. But, uh, it Captain was Hammer fans take note. Yeah, it was so great. Such a great film. Uh, so final thoughts, Jeff Dean, what do you got to say? What's the last thing you want to say about this film? I, you know, I would rank this film up as with one of the best and one of my favorite kaiju films, even Japanese films. Damn it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. It's just fantastic. Excellent. Excellent. And Martin. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with him. I think it's a really great movie. And um, 
I actually would like to offer myself up as the director of the prequel trilogy to nice. answer some of these questions. Nice. Uh, you know, one of the things we talked about after watching... you know, prequels don't yeah. fail. Uh, one of the things we talked about after watching the last... Uh, which, uh, hang on a second. I think we watched the second film in the trilogy. That was the last time we have seen a Daikaiju, or a Daimajin film in the Daikaiju discussions. Too many Ds. Uh and one of the things I mentioned was, I, you know, I think that this movie, while these movies are fantastic and I love them for what they are, they could they could be remade today and and made a little bit better. And, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing not necessarily a remake, but a rebooted version or, a, a you know, a sequel, not, and it, I, I think back when we said this before, I think I said, a, you know, modern day sequel. Um, I don't know, I don't know if that's something that I would actually like to see, but because, uh, I was reminded by a lot of fans that there is a film, not a film, there's a TV series out there called Daimajin Canon, and, um, I've watched the first two episodes of it, and I can honestly say it is not for me. It's, it's, uh, goofy and ridiculous, and it doesn't take the same tone at all, and, uh, seriously, it's just... It's hit and miss, and most of the time the hit isn't even worth it as, as far as I'm concerned. So um, I will still go on record as saying that I I would like to see a new Daimajin film that is still sort of set in that feudal feudal Japanese era. I, I, I agree with you, but I just think like a film made today, I don't think they could I don't think they would choose to make it as serious as, as this film. I, I would. Think, well, no, I think Jeff's got a got a good I, point. I, I though think, I, I think like they would try to throw a bunch of humor in there. Yeah, it's less about like that. It's less know. about what they should do and more about what they would do. Yeah, I would like to see a, yeah. another serious film. I just think like in today's world, they're trying to appeal more to kids, maybe. Well, I think that's what know, we're. I mean, that's sort of what we're seeing in just about every giant <laughs> monster outing from Japan these days. I mean, every single thing that's come out has been goofy even the even the best done uh short which is in my opinion is gehara the long-haired monster even though it's really well done and looks pretty great it's still not you know it's not a serious film but you know even it's a short film it's only like 10 minutes or something like that it's just not it's 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 taken seriously from the special effects department but it's not it's not something that makes you go yes, I want to see more of this. It's like, ha ha, that was funny, you know? And, um, you know, I think that's really where, where things kind of stand right now in Japan is I don't think anybody's re- really ready or willing to make a serious film. And don't you think it's like, and this is, I believe, the case with a lot of kaiju films or giant monster films, is like everybody thinks the appeal is, monsters destroying stuff and they kind of put in this filler material of you know the human scenes or whatever which in this film like you know there are no filler scenes everything is solid from beginning to end and of course you don't have the monster rampaging every you know 20 minutes or something you just have to wait for it till the end yeah but uh i I just think yeah remaking it i just think it's a mistake we make bad movies, not good movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the Daimajin would sparkle. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Something terrible like that. I don't know. I just see I see things like in this film, you know, lightning, the way they did the lightning strike where it struck the, the tree and the, uh, sorry, there was a tree leaning up against Imagine's statue and one, you know, they had a whole bunch of guys that were falling off of it and there was still one dude on that tree and the lightning struck in quotation marks the tree uh, and it didn't, you know, it didn't really look like lightning struck it. It was more of an implied thing because they didn't do a lot of optical effects in this. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like if, if someone took it seriously, which they probably wouldn't, you're absolutely right about that. Um, I think you're absolutely right about that. They, they really should do something serious, but they probably would spend more time saying, Hey, what can we do this goofy? Because that is exactly what the Daimajin Canon series is like. There's, there are some serious stuff. There's some fighting things. Have you? We haven't seen what it is or seen a trailer yeah, for it or anything. It's like a, it's like a mixture between a giant monster film and a, uh, uh, a tokusatsu, which is uh, sorry, tokusatsu hero stuff like Common Rider and um, you guys are both staring at me blankly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, Kikaida and um, I don't want to say Ultraman, even though I know who you guys know who Ultraman yeah. is. Uh, but you know they're sort of like instead of getting big, they're they stay our size. So they're a superhero sort of people. Mm-hmm. I am getting way off track. Anyway, it's it's not very good, and and um, <laughs> I'm sure some people really like it, but it's not for me. It's not yeah. doesn't doesn't really egg me on as a giant monster and it's got some you know ghosty stuff in it like yokai kind of mm-hmm. aspects to it. it really seems like i should enjoy it very much but it's too crazy and not not taken seriously at all and it's just goofy 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 the whole way through so that's that's how i feel about daimajin canon the way i feel about daimajin is i freaking love it and uh, if you haven't seen uh any of these films definitely try and find um Definitely try and find the trilogy when it's released on Blu-ray. I'm sure I'll be talking about it on the show when it happens. Uh, where can they get it now? Like, what company? Uh, the last company to release it on DVD was ADV Films. Unfortunately, they are now a defunct company, and um, I'm not sure that you'd want to try and track those movies down unless you can find them for something close to the original retail price, which is a, was about like $16 a piece. Yeah. There was they released a trilogy box set once that uh was their first go at it and um those were if you're a video file and you really like uh video presentations they weren't very good. And then cuz they released those on VHS and then they released them on DVD and I think it's supposed to be the same transfer. Oh. Uh then they were released on DVD in Japan. And ADV Films got a hold of those transfers, and so those were what what we watched tonight was okay. was that transfer. It's an anamorphic thing, yeah. and uh, and the subtitles are pretty good. I mean, I didn't see any flaws in them yeah. that I noticed. Um, and then, so now uh, the the group that's gonna the company that's gonna release it on Blu-ray is um, Mill Creek Entertainment, who we already know they they did their Gamera film and. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully they will. Hopefully they'll do a great job on on the Demijin trilogy because I would absolutely buy it. So if you're listening, Mill Creek Entertainment, because I know I'm so so influential yes. that uh, you probably are. 
<laughs> uh, I would definitely buy it. I mean, it's going to be, that's one of my, it's a, it's a great trilogy. And I, I forget how high I think of this film. And, uh, and like when I think about like my top five films or my top 10 films, which someday we don't, we still need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys make sure that I don't forget to put Daimajin in that, in that, uh, yeah, that I feel ranking. the same way. I remember the last time we watched it, I thought, damn, this is a good movie. And then this time I'm like, why do I like when we talk about, you know, some of our favorite movies, why am I not, why do I not talk about this one? Yeah. It's just like, but now I'm not going to forget. <laughs> we, we, we're going to, we're going to use each other as a support group. I That's my right. support group. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, we need to move on. Uh, the next movie in our Daikaiju discussions list is another fantastic film. It's time for the original Godzilla film, the 1954 right. classic. Uh, Lucky for everybody, it just came out on Blu-ray from uh, Criterion. Criterion. Yeah, so uh, I have it. We'll be watching the Blu-ray here when it's time to do that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring up my calendar here so I can see if there's any any conflicts. I know I'm going to be at G-Fest, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. Um, But it looks to me that July's the end of July is fairly open. Uh, and the last week of July only has two days. So let's, let's make sure you guys get your homework turned in by the 27th of the month. So we'll, we'll give you guys plenty of time to send an email to controller at kaijucast.com and make sure the subject line reads Daikaiju discussions. And, um, I'm kind of assuming we're going to get a lot of submissions for this. So, you know, I think so as, as much as I'm sure you guys would love to, uh, put down 5,000 words about this film, just try and keep it kind of succinct and brief so that we can uh, fit everybody in. Uh, once again, you'll have till July 27th to send that homework in. I know I've been shortening the time every month for these. So you've got lots of time to submit your thoughts, questions, and reviews for the original Gojira. And with that, I think we're going to move into the news. This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan. So really, there's not a lot of news going on right now. Um... San Diego Comic-Con is just around the corner. So if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, which in Martin, you're hopefully going to that. I believe so, yes. Um, don't forget to stop by, I guess it's the Tamashi Bluefin booth to pick up your San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Godzilla SH Monster Arts figure, the Meltdown version, which is um, looks pretty amazing. Uh, I know I'm hoping to get one. If I get two, I'm hoping to auction one off and use that uh, the proceeds from that to help out the Kaiju cast. Uh, in in addition to that, I also got a, an email from Arian Hinojosa, Hinojosa, which, again, sorry if I'm butchering your name, man, but he wanted me to let people know that they are reviving Monster Attack TV in webisode form, and I'll have the link in the show notes to their first episode as well as uh, their Facebook page. And um, just check that out. Monster Attack Team is the, uh, the the group that puts together that magazine that we talked about a few times. And um, they're going to have some promotional contests and giveaways. So I'm sure you would like to hear that. 
see that maybe get your uh get your get your contest on anyway we're going to uh talk about uh g fest is coming up july 13th through 15th and i'm going to be there i know i'm going to have a live podcast recording i've been talking with jeff horn and scheduling that i believe it's going to be saturday i believe it's going to be just after the guests do their panels um unfortunately i don't have access to the schedule just yet but um I could really use the support. So if you're going to G-Fest, I would love to have as many people in that room as possible being uh, loud and uh, cheering when I need them to. And uh, hopefully we're going to talk to Bob Eggleton, Matt Frank, and Jeff Zorno all about uh, drawing and making artwork of the big G. That's July 13th through the 15th. Make sure you check out the show notes. Check out the show notes for the links to the G-Fest website where you can register. Um, speaking of G-Fest, I got an email, a message from Stephen Schilling, one of our listeners, and he wanted me to uh, spread the word that he's going to be uh, creating some sort of panel. I don't want to say it's a panel, but it's a presentation called Godzilla Stories. It's a session where fans share their personal stories inspired by and about Godzilla. Each participant will write and then share their story at G-Fest. Each piece can be between 5 to 10 minutes or 600 to 1,200 words. Submissions should be emailed to the producer of this session, Stephen Schilling, at sbwolves72 at yahoo.com. Please proofread for typos and spelling errors. Stephen will review your work and then offer a constructive, encouraging feedback to help you find your strongest, most focused story. Please keep in mind that G-Fest is a family event, while not wanting to hinder a storyteller's style, please use appropriate language and subject matter. Memories, inspirations, amusing anecdotes, gather your thoughts, compose your story, and then send it off to Stephen to be a participant in this intriguing G-Fest session. So there you go. Um, that's pretty much it for the news uh, aspect of this show. Let's talk about some local events. And Martin Vavra, you're sitting here. And you're involved in a local event coming up um, this weekend, right? We do. We, there is a local event here for the Godzilla fans who are also brown coats. Uh, the PDX brown coats are hosting their uh, Can't Stop the Serenity screening this year. This is the seventh year. Uh, it actually started in Portland, Oregon seven years ago, but it has become a global event in which the movie Serenity and a variety of other things uh, play on the big screen, and all the money that is made from that goes to Equality Now, which is uh, the actual charity that Joss Whedon supports. So uh, people who are fans of Joss Whedon uh, gladly put their time and effort into getting showtimes and screenings of the movie Serenity. For us, we are showing uh, Out of Gas, which is uh, my favorite episode out of all of the Fireflies. And the whole thing opens up with the double clicks putting on a half hour show. And we've got two raffles and a costume contest. And Scott Alley with Dark Horse Comics is going to be coming by to say uh, hi and talking up some stuff. So, um, yeah, it's going to be June 24th at the historic Baghdad Theater in Portland, Oregon. Tickets are $12 right now if you uh, get them in pre-sale at... Uh, pdxbrowncoats.com and you can just go to the CSTS website uh, uh, page for Can't Stop the Serenity. 
Now, which which one is out of gas? Not shell it for me because I'm I'm a fan of Firefly, but I don't know all the titles of the, of the episodes. Out of gas is the episode that uh, occurs in flashbacks while Malcolm Reynolds is struggling with a oh, bullet right. wound. Yes, yes, yes. It goes back to when he first bought the ship and started to meet everybody okay, along yeah. the way. Nice, very cool. Yeah, very love cool. that episode. So that's coming up this Sunday, the 24th, and starts at 1? Doors open at 12.30 for pre-sale people, and they get a raffle and the double clicks all of themselves. Uh, day of sale, so buying your tickets at the door, which are $15, and that's at 1.30. Excellent. Yeah. And what time does the show start? Uh, well, for the pre-sale folks, the show starts at 1 o'clock with the double clicks, and it starts at 2 o'clock with out of gas uh, okay. for day of sale folks. Fantastic, man. Uh, also, just wanted to mention real quick, uh, you know, Geek Trivia is happening on the 26th, and uh, looks like uh, that's, well, obviously that's at the Kennedy School at 7 p.m., and uh, it also looks like we've got a couple of other things going on. Uh, the Double Clicks and Small Souls will be performing on the 28th at 6.30 p.m. at the Alberta Street Public House. Uh, Patton Oswald will be coming to town and uh, performing on the 28th, 29th, and the 30th. Uh, that is at Helium Comedy Club, and that's uh, he's got a couple of different show times there. Check their website and the show link, show notes, links for that. Uh, and I think we're gonna go ahead and move on. Uh, something you know, this is just sort of extra stuff. Um, I said earlier that I got back from a uh, a trip to the San Francisco area, where um, I was part of the Bay Area Film Events. 50th anniversary screening of King Kong versus Godzilla at the historic Bow Theater. And that was pretty, pretty rad. Um, we drove down to San Francisco and, uh, well, we drove down to San Leandro technically. And, uh, and we're a part of this. We had a table. We we're, uh, selling some swag and some cool stuff. And, uh, I got to be on stage with a local horror movie ho- um, host named Balrock, and uh, he was a super cool guy. Not only that, they they showed the film King Kong versus Godzilla. They also showed Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. Uh, they also had a video piece from Ed Gajuseski about um, Yasusuke Inoue, who was the... Um, uh, one of the production artists, actually, I think he was sort of the driving force be- behind production art and um, set design and stuff like that for a lot of those old Toho films. It was pretty cool to see. I did not see the whole thing of that because I was running around like crazy that night. But um, that was that was rad. And uh, and then, not only that, I, I got to help Balrock interview Steve Rifle, who um, listeners will probably recognize that name because... I reference him a lot during the Daikaiju discussions because he's the guy who wrote um, the, what is it called? Japan's Favorite Monstar, the Unauthorized Biography of the Big G, which is pretty much one of my favorite books I've ever read. It's the book I go to probably the most when it comes to uh, doing my own homework about these movies. And um, I'm going to have that as long as the audio is good. I'm going to have that available in one of the uh, upcoming episodes. We interviewed him for about 15 minutes. It was pretty rad. And um, like I said, I hope the audio is good enough to use. 
Um, otherwise, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Got to got to hang out with Cleve Hall from the Monster Man show from uh, Sci Fi's Monster Man. Oh yes, <laughs> Jeff, you ever seen that show? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Fantastic. weird weird joke here on about that before. Um, but yeah, Cleve Hall, he's like an old school Godzilla fan. Um, I want to say he's the guy that built the suits, uh, the Godzilla and the Ghidra suit for Pee Wee's Big Adventure back in the day. And uh, and he just had a, a show on the Sci-Fi Channel called Monster Man that aired this past year, and um, yeah, he he was sharing a table with us, and uh, his I think I think it's his ex- his ex-wife and uh, his daughter Constance were there along with the two other little rugrats, and um, yeah, it was really fun. Just we had a blast that night. It was super hot. I'm not used to the heat down there. That was that was <laughs> I was like I'm from Oregon. This is terrible. <laughs> It was like 90 nice. degrees, man. And that theater did not have air conditioning. It was, it was rough. Oh, and Kimono My House was there. The uh, You know who they are, Jeff. Oh, yes. Yeah, so they had a table with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I actually came that close. I'm holding my fingers about an inch and a half apart. I came that close to buying a Godzilla wind chime. So it was like a little super deformed like Godzilla cool that made out of like, it was made out of metal. And then it had down below, it had the chime, which was a bell. And then a little red, um, long red tag. It's very Japanese looking. Don't don't tell me how cool that would have been. I then I would have. Now I'm going to regret not buying it. <laughs> you already regret. You'll not see it again. It, right? Yeah. Now I'm going to regret not buying it. Because you're already talking about. I almost bought. Yeah, I almost bought yeah. it. Uh, actually, you know the then then what we ended up doing is we we spent the rest of our time in San Francisco, uh, sort of as like vacation time. And I didn't buy anything Godzilla related the whole time. Um, the only thing I did buy was a like a glass, like a not a glass, but like a sake cup with kabuki masks on it because I was like, this is cool. And uh, it was one of the many, 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 many things in Japantown that I thought was awesome. And I had to, I was, I was like, okay, if I get one thing, it's going to be this kabuki mask. But San Francisco was a total blast. I um, uh, I know for a fact that. Um, I gave away a whole bunch of stickers. I got rid of a whole bunch of prints. And uh, the lady was selling some wares there as uh, part of the Kaiju Couture thing, which I'll tell you guys about later. Uh, anyway, that was a lot of fun. And it went over so well that um, that Bob ta- Bob Johnson from Sci-Fi Japan and also from Bay Area Fil- Film Events talked to the organizers of the theater and they're definitely doing another one for next year at the same time. Oh, very cool. nice. So hopefully I was uh, entertaining enough to um, to be asked back. Yes. It was it was a shame that I didn't have my co-host there though, I must yes. say. Next year. Yeah. Are are you I'll, promising I'll here on the show that can I get your word? I'm kidding. Don't do I'll that. Get my word right <laughs> now. Damn it, I'm doing it. Check with your wife first. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, she might be in Chamonix. Well, it's close to where, you know, I grew up. So it is. That's right. It, one of the things we did is we went to the Winchester Mystery House, which Jeff used to work next to. Yes, the Century Twenty Three Movie Theater. Yeah, actually, lived away there for about twelve months. <laughs> I'm sure it was terrible working for a movie theater. It was awful. <laughs> no, they you never know, let you see free movies. movies, free popcorn. What the hell? Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of Jeff and movies. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Jeff and movies. What, yes, uh, I'm going to plug something right now. Yeah, it's time to plug. Yes. Um, well, if you like listening to me on this wonderful program. The and Kaiju who doesn't? Cast, um, I have a new uh, 
web show, basically, called Dinner and a Movie with Jeff and Drusilla, where myself and my beautiful co-host, Drusilla, recommend a film and a meal to go with it, you know, like a perfect combo for you. And, uh, you know, it's only going to take about five minutes of your time each episode. We have one up right now, and you can go to uh, YouTube and search the Mary Tyler Morbid channel. And uh, the first episode is right there. Or you can also find us on Facebook. Go to, uh, or just put in Dinner and a Movie with Jeff Andrew Silla, and it'll pop up. Or you can click on the link in the show notes and go directly yes, there. Yeah. That's, that's right. Thank you, Kyle. You're very welcome, <laughs> for co-host. Yes, and uh, it will be a new episode up um, at the beginning of July. Excellent. Very cool. They might not recognize that it's me, though, because I don't talk in the exact same way. You sort of have a character, you do. Yes. Even yes. though you're still named Jeff. And I'm not drinking quite as much on this show as I am on that one. <laughs> That's probably a good thing. Yes. Yeah. I do want, uh, when we do our... I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I know I've talked about it to people, but I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show. Like eventually once we start, you know, getting really comfortable with the commentaries and maybe when they're getting cranked out a little bit more, uh, we are going to start doing some drunken commentaries <laughs> for some of the, uh, more ridiculous films. And, um, I'm looking forward to that and I'm hopefully looking forward to, uh, Dinner and a movie, Jeff being making a special appearance, <laughs> making a special appearance, yes, and uh, Drusilla Bring too, Drusilla. at least yeah. towards the end of the film, yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll invite Drusilla too, correct? Sure, sure. and uh, we'll have to try to keep her, you know, because she likes to yap a lot, <laughs> so we'll have to keep it at minimum. Ah, uh, <laughs> Jeff Dean, you are a gem among men. <laughs> Anyway, I think it's about time to wrap this up. Uh, once again, don't forget that if you want to uh, if you want to submit your Godzilla homework, which I mean Godzilla the movie, the original Gojira, we're not watching King of the Monsters. We're watching the Japanese version. Yes. Uh, make sure to send your email with uh, your thoughts, questions, and reviews to controller at kaijucast.com by July 27th to get it included in the next Kaiju Discussion episode. Um, once again, if you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other strange, bizarre podcast directory, which I applaud you for using, uh, don't forget to point your web browsers to kaijucast.com and check out all the awesomeness that is on there. Like, Not only do we have uh, the full list of Kaiju Discussion films and um, when they're going to be put on the... Uh, in the agenda uh we also have a nifty new thing on there called the um episode list and it's a text list that links to every single episode we've ever done in case you don't use the itunes which they're they're all available on itunes if you want to send me a message do so by sending an email a missive if you are a pirate to controller at kaijucast.com i do love hearing from you guys uh not so great about getting back to you all and uh if you want to tell me how much you like the show or how much you don't like the show or if you want to tell me uh how awesome jeff is <laughs> or how how you'd rather have martin back on instead of yes. instead of jeff um that's uh that's a great place to do it also if you want to make a music request we haven't gotten a ton of those lately and um i'm all for them uh, just send an email to controller at kaijucast.com. Also, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We have a brand new Tumblr page. Woohoo for social networking. And uh, we're basically, we're, I don't want to say we're everywhere on the internet, but you know, 
Close to it. Close to it. Close to it. I'm, t- I'm trying to use all of the aspects of the social networking that I can, but it all really boils down to uh, the show itself. And the show itself is going to be at G-Fest, once again, from July 13th through July 15th, with, I think, a live podcast recording on July 14th, and uh, hopefully kind of like a listener party, too. Maybe that's just going to happen in the bar at the hotel. I'm not really sure yet. Um, but make sure that if you're anywhere near that area, you uh, you you go to G-Fest. G-Fest is going to be great in Chicago, if I didn't mention that before. And, uh, and yeah, I look forward to meeting you guys, seeing you there, etc. Um, if you are in the Portland area and you want to hear some cool, if you want to go to some cool events, make sure you check out geekportland.com because uh, Kenneth Conklin does a fantastic job of filling in people on what's happening in the city. We are going to close out the show with one final piece of music. This is the end track to The Mysterians. And uh, as usual, we say at the end of the show, Jeff, you remember what it is? It's late. You, you don't? <laughs> it's late. You ask we me say, this every time and I forget. I know. We say, Jamata. That's right. Jamata. Jamata. Jamata.